Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Mari Smith. And we're going to explore the topic of Facebook organic marketing. Is it dead? Is it not? If it's not, what should we do? What should we not do? That's what we're going to get into today. By the way, if you want to reach out to me, you can reach me on Instagram at Stelzner, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And now for this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in the social jungle. Here is this week's survival tip. Today I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found a cool tool for those of us marketers who are also podcasters. It is a tool that is basically a directory and profile sharing system for podcasters called Podchaser. Tell me more. So this is pretty exciting and, you know, you know how, say you're a marketer or you have your own podcast and maybe you've been on a bunch of other podcasts or you have a CEO like, say, Michael Stelzner, who's been on a bunch of other people's podcasts and you'd love to get those all collected together in one place. Well, that's what Podchaser does. You create these creator profiles and podcast profiles and then you can go to their profile on Podchaser and see every time they appeared on somebody else's show or even their own show. Interesting. So it's almost like uh, the equivalent of what speakers have on their page where they show off the videos from their presentations, except it's interviews that we as podcast guests have done on other people's shows? Yes, exactly. Yes, very much so. And so if people were to go to my profile, they would not only see the podcast that I produce myself, they would also see all the different episodes of the social media marketing talk show where I'm also the host for the last uh, year plus now listed in there as well. And then all the times that I've been on other podcasts. And then the same with you. If you look up Michael Stelzner in there, you start to see all the different times that you've been on different shows. It's really cool. Interesting. So where do we find this thing? Okay. So to find it, you go to podchaser.com. And that's where you can start to go into different episodes or find different podcasts. Uh, you can even create lists of shows. Like, say, if you wanted to, for example, take the uh, social if, – if you wanted to take this exact show, not this episode, but this show in general, and go through all the different times, say, live video came up. You could create a live video list of all the episodes from this show 
that pertain to that topic. So it's almost and, like a playlist, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you could create all those different kinds of playlists and say, hey, if you don't want to listen to every episode, but you want to listen to the episodes that are most important to you, say on Facebook or Twitter or even drill one level down or you know, go topic-wise in other directions, you could create those lists for your profile as well. Pretty cool. Awesome. Podchaser.com, you said? That's it. Thank you, Eric. You're welcome. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And now for this week's interview with Mari Smith. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Mari Smith. If you don't know who Mari is, you should. She is a consultant for Facebook. She is the leading expert on Facebook marketing, and she's also author of the new relationship marketing. Mari, welcome back to the show for the eighth time. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Mike. Always a joy and an honor. I can tell everyone that Mari is absolutely the most frequent guest I've ever had. And I think you might've even been my first guest. I'm not a hundred percent on that, but I think you probably have. Wow. That's awesome. So um, folks, there's a reason I keep bringing Mari back because she knows a lot. And what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about whether or not organic marketing on Facebook doesn't really work anymore. Is it still viable? And we're going to have a really good exploration of the topic today. Um, Mari, what I would love to start with is, you know, I know you have a pretty loyal tribe of marketers that you train and you teach and that you communicate with. What What's the word from them when it comes to Facebook marketing? Like kind of how are they feeling? And once you talk about them, then we'll go a little deeper. But tell me, what, what are you hearing from your your colleagues, if you will? It's kind of a foot in both camps world. There's this love-hate relationship, quite frankly, as a marketer utilizing Facebook and, and the family of apps. And I can relate. As much as I'm an expert, there are arenas about Facebook marketing that are terribly frustrating, that things that used to work don't really anymore. It's certainly, you know, organic. We'll talk about that. And, and just the frequency of changes and then the kind of whole game of cat and mouse and who moved my cheese where we used to be able to go to get our cheese <laughs> regularly, every day, predictably, and then all of a sudden it just changes. And so that's frustrating as a business owner. But, you know, really from the get-go of 2007, I have always said to my audience, just don't go so all in on one platform uh, it's rented land, basically. You know, Facebook is rented land. So we must utilize what Facebook offers us, stay nimble, 
and make sure that you're also building your own community and your own email list, your own website, your own traffic, so that you really have ownership and control over over your your prospects and customers, certainly. Well, it's fascinating about this love-hate relationship thing because I kind of feel that way too. I mean, I know that the people that are listening to this podcast, Facebook is their main channel. It's their primary channel. Mm -hmm. It's for the most Mm -hmm. of them. It's the one channel almost everyone who's listening is leveraging in some kind of a marketing relationship. But it's really hard to love Facebook when there's just so much stuff in the press about all these privacy related things and all these, you know, quote unquote scandals. And it kind of makes you like, you know, wonder whether or not, you know, you're in the right camp sometimes, but on the flip side of it, you know, it still works and it's still successful. And I think that's kind of maybe what you're alluding to on this love hate relationship, because I remember I, I recently posted, you may have seen this on my personal profile. And I said, Hey, if you did not, um, as a marketer work, you know, regularly on Facebook, would you be here every day? And a lot of them said they probably wouldn't, but a lot of them were honest and said they probably couldn't step away from it either because Mm -hmm. there is something kind of alluring like the siren on the hill, isn't there? (laughs) Yes, it's absolutely addictive. And I find myself doing the same thing. Maybe I'm researching for an article or a Facebook Live or a class or something. and I, I find myself just really, yeah, going down those rabbit holes and time ticks by. But uh, yeah, as a user, I found that my experience as a, with a user hat on, sifting through particularly the newsfeed and then sometimes even stories, we can talk about that in a bit, it just is, is less... Mm, optimal is one word, but just even less enjoyable. Cause I, I just, and okay, fair enough. This is maybe my own fault for having almost 5,000 friends. And now I'm just starting to see these really random like stories and it's just right. all mixed up and jumbled up. Maybe I've liked too many pages. I don't know. So it's like, I almost need to get in there and really, really adjust some of my filters, but there's like see first and then there's your hide and your snooze. And we, we do have control as users, but certainly as a marketer, you know, <laughs> I find myself kind of wearing both hats, right? Because I'm surfing the Facebook feed and the stories and Instagram equally these days. And I'm, I'm looking at it through the eyes of like, how do users feel about this? And as and then as a marketer, I have that hat on as well. And it's like, how can I cut through? That's what Sheryl Sandberg uses that phrase a lot. How can I cut through, cut through the noise and really stand out and create thumb-stopping content so that, you know, your content, your message if it's well-crafted, it's compelling, it is uh, beautifully visual, anything like that, and, and it's it's relevant to that audience, they will stop and they'll go, oh my gosh, I, I want this. Where do I go? Where do I click? Let me into your community. Let me into your group. Like, where do I sign up? And that's our job as marketers is just to constantly ride that wave and know what it is our audiences want and how to craft that message in a manner that reaches the audience, and at the same time, play into what the heck is Facebook doing nowadays with the algorithms. And we can talk about video quite a bit coming up. I know the video is like the number one most uh, engaging and highest reaching format. So certainly that's what is working on Facebook right now is video. So, okay, we're going to get to some of this, but um, so in summary, there's a lot of uncertainty, it seems, Mm -hmm. amongst our tribe about what we should be or should not be doing with Facebook and what is and what is not working. 
I think it'd be really insightful, Mari, because I know that you have listened to the public earning calls from Facebook over the mm-hmm. last couple of quarters and have very closely studied what Mark Zuckerberg has been saying um, in 2019 here. I would love you to kind of say, like, what is their public stated mission today? And how is that maybe different than what they've done in the past? Because I think it's important for marketers to understand where Zuck is trying to take this business. Truly, truly. So for the longest time, the mission statement was around connecting the world. And then just kind of out of the blue, they decided to change it. And it's about giving people the power to build community and bring the world closer together. So for the last several years, we've seen Facebook put on these in-person live events called the Facebook Communities Summit. They had the first one was a couple of years ago in Chicago. They had one in London. They just had another one recently. It's application only. You have to be managing and running a, a major Facebook group. And they bring in several hundred um, group managers. And ideally, that group also has an in-person element. So I, I see what Facebook's doing, reading between the lines and reading the tea leaves, as you call it, that I love to do that they're going, oh gosh, okay, if we can get into the fabric of these grassroots communities and these niche interest groups where people are really bonded and they have these in-person meetings, oh, and they happen to have a Facebook group, then Facebook is almost like befriending that level of community. And then from there, building up to where I believe where they're heading is to really make the Facebook groups product, if you will, more friendly towards businesses. So like the boost button's coming. Uh, They keep launching new features, things like subscription groups and ways to help group admins, you know, monetize and and build their groups up. Um, And I think what that also plays into is something Zuck said on the Q4 earnings call just back in January is that people are wanting to share in more private environments and 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 so that's not only groups but also messaging and then they're making more of their products ephemeral so you know, define what that means because i don't even think yeah. i totally understand what ephemeral yeah means. ephemeral just means it disappears it doesn't last so that's oh, what stories are stories have always been ephemeral right they last for 24 hours and then they disappear unless the person chooses to you know add to archives but this is that part right there i'm glad you picked up on that because that ties into facebook's mission to yeah it's almost like a afterthought in a way because they were you know so much in the limelight and the press for all of this and in front of Congress and everything and all of the legalities around the data protection is that now they're really putting a strong emphasis on making more of their products end-to-end encrypted by default and, quote-unquote, making more of our products ephemeral so your information doesn't stick around forever. So that's supposed to appease the the, the public in general, like, hey, you can send messages to your heart's content. Uh, Number one, it'll be encrypted, like WhatsApp. WhatsApp is fully encrypted. Uh, And number two, well, it'll disappear. But uh, I don't know, Mike. I just Let's talk about this disappear thing because (laughs) I'm working on my keynote Right now for Social Media Marketing World. And I know you're also working on your keynote for Social Media Marketing World. And I I tried to go back and find some old content off of my page and they make it really hard now. Do you remember how it used to be really easy to go back on a timeline? Well, surprise, surprise, I can't find the timeline anymore. And I'm just wondering whether or not they're trying to move the platform slowly into just what's happening today and not so much about what's happening in the past. I had to go back to the Wayback Machine 
believe it or not, to find some of the old posts that I had had on my page because I just couldn't figure out how to do it. Now, I'm sure there's a way to do it, but I, th- I find that fascinating that maybe, maybe today it's really all about just what, how are you feeling today, you know, and not so much about like pulling up the stuff from the past. And, and maybe this is intentional. I don't know. Um, because I also read the transcripts over the last couple of quarters from what Zuckerberg said. And he did say that people prefer to, um, they will create videos if they know that those videos won't stick around forever. He actually said that, you know? Right. And if they know that they can send them into small groups of people through private messages and stuff. So Mm -hmm. it almost looks as if Facebook has changed because they realize that when they bring too many people together with too many different views, they fight, right? And all of a sudden Mm -hmm. we have problems, right? Mm -hmm. So instead what they're trying to do now is encourage these smaller tribes to develop. And it seems like a huge focus is on groups too, isn't it? It is a huge focus. You're absolutely right. And the interesting thing, of course, that with the stories feature, that disappearing story content, it was started by Snapchat, made popular by Snapchat. And that's an audience that's more like your Gen Z, right? Around the 20-something. I mean, obviously, there's some millennials use Snapchat too. But once Instagram copied that feature and went all in, it was over two years ago now, now 500 million daily active users on stories. And what I believe is happening in, behind the doors in Facebook is they're watching the behavior of this younger demographic and they see that that audience just prefers yeah for things to not stick around not only that flip that around actually mike it's not so much they don't like things to stick around it's that they will be much more open about sharing more intimate things when they think it's going to disappear however Surely Facebook is gathering up some of that data, all anonymized. You know, it's there's no um, personally identifying information that's like passed on to advertisers. But I would imagine that the content that people are putting into their stories, even though it's disappearing, is is, is somehow targetable. Um, but but then the part about the groups, absolutely, it's a huge focus. It's almost like between Instagram basically being Facebook's next Facebook and putting massive emphasis on everything over there from the direct messaging to e-commerce, shopping, obviously stories, growing that out, and then trying to bring that over to Facebook, which is generally speaking just has has this reputation as being for older people, right? Anybody like 35 and up right. <laughs> or more. <laughs> so um, we're going to get to groups and we're going to get to mm-hmm. video, but I want to kind of have you um, kind of explain what really doesn't work anymore because now mm-hmm. we're putting on our marketer cap. Okay. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of marketers out there listening right now that have been doing things on Facebook for years, you know, like three, yeah. four five years. And they may not realize that there's some things that just don't work as well, mm-hmm. um, anymore. And maybe you could explain some of that to us. I'll bet. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, number one, don't don't even bother sharing YouTube video links. Um, <laughs> you know, what I usually say is, look, if you find a great YouTube video, um, obviously belonging to someone else, and you just love it and you want to share it, go right ahead. But don't expect to get that much reach or engagement. Certainly on your page. I mean, I see people do it on their profile, no problem. But Facebook's just automatically going to give that distinctly less reach because youtube youtube is the enemy for them right it's the enemy yes their main competitor zuck even said that directly on the last earnings calls right it's like their competitor youtube so if you have the video duh right just load it up natively to facebook right um 
But if it's not your video, never ever scrape it. Of course, see if you can find it on on YouTube. Excuse me, I mean on Facebook and as the original owner and and share it there. Um, even I believe that Facebook has little you know alarm bells if you're posting about a Snapchat link or a Pinterest or I don't know. Maybe I know people used to always post their tweets across to Facebook, but just native, go native. That doesn't mean you can't pre-schedule. I use Agora Pulse every day to schedule content, mostly on my you know Twitter and LinkedIn, but you can search certainly schedule on Facebook or use the native scheduler link posts. It's a tricky one here, but so, so, so our friends buzz sumo just, uh, analyze what, like almost 800 million posts, right? 777 million posts throughout 2018. And without question, link posts gets the lowest reach and the lowest engagement. So in a moment, we'll talk about video posts. I know, but, yeah, that's but let's really, talk about that for a second. So yeah, link posts, yeah. you mean linking to any article or any blog post that lives or even your website that lives yep. outside of Facebook, right? Correct. Yeah. So yeah. folks, I mean, like that has been part of everyone's strategy for years, right? And yeah. And it just doesn't work anymore. And I mean, I'm sure you've noticed this, Mari. It's such a tiny little fragment of your audience that will see that kind of content that you just have to ask yourself, is it even worth it, right? I mean, because you could be sending negative signals to the algorithm, right? Totally, totally. I got to tell you something. This morning, I just got off a call with a new client and uh, a wonderful person. And he's just, you know, a great author and he's starting to grow his audience. And he had kind of handed off his social media to an assistant. And uh, I broke the bad news to him that basically nobody's seen his content. I could tell by the reactions, hardly anybody. I said, oh, organic reach is, you know, one to 6%. And I got to tell you, he was shocked. And so, and so I was a little surprised too, because I thought, oh my gosh, there's still marketers out there that just do not realize that when they publish on Facebook, not everybody's seen their content. It's r roughly one to 6%. And you've got to have the ad budget. You've got to have video. Uh, you've got to lower the links and, and you've got to pay attention. You need to be interacting. When someone's engaging, you engage back. Do now more. let's talk about a couple things that I've observed. Yeah. Um, I have observed that when I am an active member of a group yeah. and someone does post an organic link post, I will see it. So mm. Um, but it's usually has to be a friend of mine, right? So it has to be someone that's connected to me and I only have about 500 of them on mm -hmm, Facebook, Mari. Mm -hmm. It can be done mm -hmm. by the way. <laughs> I scaled my <laughs> list down. So, so when my friends post, um, a link into a group that I am both actively connected to that friend and to that group, I will see it. Um, but that's kind of like really niche you know um we'll also guess what would extrapolate two points from that number one facebook favors content from profiles versus pages they want pages to pay business pages and number two they're also really bringing up groups right. so so it just stands to reason what you said makes sense so okay so organic link posts really i think anything and we could argue YouTube is that, right? I mean, any link yeah. to anything yeah. that does not live on Facebook is just not working anymore. That's what I'm hearing you say. Or it's so minimized that it's almost like why why waste energy on it, right? It is. It is. I mean, you can put budget behind it for sure. You can do dark posts because because I don't want to get people too down here. Your listeners, it's basically. Well, we're going to transition on. into what does work here. That's the good news. Yeah. But it, it is important for people to understand from Mari's perspective and even from from both of our perspectives mm -hmm. that like we we talk to a lot of people. We watch these things. And, and if you're doing these things, well, then, you know, and you're not doing other things because you don't have any time. Well, then maybe this is like a stopping list. Right. Um, what else isn't working? Um, I think you mentioned memes to me before. Talk about those. 
Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. So Facebook just really trying their best to have the content in the feed be as quality as possible. So memes that are maybe made up of a bunch of like scraped YouTube video clips um, or just not meaningful. The main thing with Facebook and video is they they want content to be more like the kind of content you would gather a group of friends around, get some popcorn and whatever, uh, and sit and watch a video uh, together. So that's why they brought out the watch party feature. So if you're putting content out there that's more kind of just silly nonsense memes and um, it's just shallow, it just it's not, you know, maybe not even in probably even, probably even quote graphics and all that stuff too, right? They don't I mean, I don't know if it's not really a meme, but is is even a graphic with a quote on it something that I don't see him as much in Facebook anymore? Do you? Not so much, no. And, and actually, uh, uh, video posts are just outperforming outperforming uh, photo posts by 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 seventy three percent, according to BuzzSumo's research. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I don't see as much photo posts. Um, and again, just because Facebook's favoring video so much, right? Um, we should probably should indicate though, when you say photo, you don't mean like a photo you take with your camera of your, of, a, of something that you upload to Facebook. You mean like some sort of gr- professionally done graphic with a quote in it, because I have yeah. seen some brands mm-hmm. do some pretty cool stuff with actual photography. Um, but I don't know, maybe, you know, something I don't know. I'm sure you do. Um, do you just think that any kind of still image just doesn't work anymore? Still images are, 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 they do work, but just, just not as well as, uh, as video. That's, that's the bottom line. Um, Perfect. they, they are, yeah. If I look at this, they're the third in line with BuzzSumo. So this videos gets the best engagement followed by questions. So that's a really interesting and overlooked area that just putting a simple question. I know social media examiner does that from time to time. And yeah. then the third, the third best engagement is photos. All right. We're going to, let's, let's talk about these status updates, you know, or questions, mm-hmm. right? They're called yeah, status yeah. updates in the analytics. Yeah. Um, why do you think that that works well? I mean, we're going to get to video next, but just curious what your perspective is. is why, why does just the text update or a question seem to actually work on Facebook? Well, it takes up less space, right? They can mm-hmm. put more of them in the newsfeed, mobile newsfeed. Keep in mind, 90% of uh, Facebook users, 2.3 billion, access predominantly on mobile devices. So they can kind of intersperse video and visual and you know, content, photo content with a short status update. Uh, on our profiles, we've got those fun colored backgrounds. And also, if it's a question, a question hooks the mind. And if it's a well-crafted short question that people just get immediately, it's almost like our brain can't help but respond. And that's what Facebook wants. They want it to be interactive, engaging. They want people to hit that comment button, not just the reaction and go like or ha-ha or actually love is the number one most pressed button and then ha-ha is at number two. Um, but they want us interacting. They want that. Remember back in January of 2018, that's when Zuckerberg said, we're going to focus on meaningful social interaction. And that does not mean just interactions. It means comments, usually comments that are five words or more, not just one word. So that makes a difference. And I think this is very important. This thing, the status update, these questions, this text, this is how it was in the beginning, right? There was yeah. no, there was no pictures. There was, it was just text in the beginning, right? And That's links, true. wasn't it? Yeah. So, so think about like Twitter. That's how it was there too, right? So mm-hmm. in some regards, this is kind of uh, going back to the basics, isn't it? It is. It is. <laughs> You're right. It's going back to the basics. We've overcomplicated it with too many bells and whistles. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So now let's talk about video. Um, mm. There's so much here to talk about. So start, you, you've already kind of alluded with all sorts of different things, but like 
talk to us about, first of all, why video and then what kinds of video, because there's so many different kinds. You bet. So why video is that Facebook has their eye on the, the slow migration of television viewers, the cord cutters um, as users, as viewers, but then also the advertisers as businesses looking to migrate some of their ad dollars or television ad dollars. Not all of it. It's not going to be a mass exodus. They'll do both and for a while, but taking that, those billions and billions of ad dollars normally spent on television and, and allocating some of that to digital streaming television ads, digital streaming TV. So competitors, obviously Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, and for many years now, as you well know, Facebook has been very determined to be a major player in this arena. And they've had some missteps. They've, they've, they've had missteps because they're literally trying to train users who are not used to to Facebook being a destination video platform. You're looking for a how-to video, what's the first thing you do? You go to YouTube. Nobody goes and searches for how to bake a chocolate cake or how to play the guitar, right, or how to improve your tennis. Nobody does that on Facebook, but we all do that on YouTube. And so Facebook's having to kind of iterate and iterate and and try to um, work with content producers at one level, but then also work with what do the users respond to. And so that gets me to the second part of your question here, yeah, Mike. But I, wait, 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 yes, before go we go ahead. there, um, yes. you hit on something really important. I want to dive mm. a little deeper. Um, sure. When I said why video, you kind of hinted at this, but this is because Mari, you and I both know that they've run out of real estate in the newsfeed. Okay. Yes. And video is a new medium, right? Because the mm-hmm. moment you hit video, you hit play on a video, um, you know, you have an opportunity to insert an ad break, which is a new form right. of advertising. Talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. So, and, and Facebook set the bar quite high and rightfully so, because it could end up just a big mess. And so they have to make sure that the bar is set high for now, but I hopefully that they, they won't keep it so high that the small business owner, you know, can't play the game. But, um, basically, uh, anybody, anybody actually who creates, um, usually it's between five and 15 seconds videos. It could be a boosted post on your page. It could be a dark post, an unpublished post, an ad in ads manager. And then that could very well be already inserted in between, uh, mid roll or now they do do pre roll or they're at least testing pre roll. He always said he wouldn't Zuckerberg, but now they're doing some pre roll, like to your point because of real estate. And so, um, they're even doing ads that will cut into uh, Facebook Live. So I know that Facebook's even working with some major celebrity content producers to help them craft their shows that are set up for ad breaks so that you're not in the middle of doing a Facebook Live and all of a sudden you're cut off mid-sentence. Uh, we interrupt this you know, broadcast for this ad that that broadcaster will actually say, Coming up after the break, stay tuned. We got that, da 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 da. There's be this giveaway, or so and so guest is coming on, or we're doing this prize, or whatever it might be. And so it's like we're all being trained to be, you know, these television producers. Um, but what I just saw the other day there that Facebook just released, it's called Showcase for Premium Videos. I'm not sure if you saw that, but yeah, tell us about that actually. That really, that really intrigued me because I'm like, okay, what is this about? It's a new, it definitely is a new thing. uh, And it's pretty high end in terms of who's going to be able to be eligible for that. Uh, and they're not even like putting. What, what is it? Not, what is it exactly? Can you de- describe? Yeah, absolutely. So, 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 for example, on the Facebook Watch platform, there are some real runaway success stories there with uh, Red Table Talk, 
Um, what else? They have Ball in the Family, Queen America, you know, all kinds of great things uh, happening. Like Sorry for your loss, you know. So there's some great shows specifically and exclusively made for Facebook viewable on what they call the watch platform, which people are probably watching and don't even realize that it is the watch platform. So they're getting like millions of views, right? Um, recipes are our great friend, uh, Rachel Farnsworth. She's right. great. Millions and millions of views on these videos. So what Facebook's noticing is, okay, there's more of an opportunity to monetize videos and shows that have millions of views versus having, you know, millions of smaller views that just have a few hundred or a few thousand views. So they've now pulled out these higher end uh, produced shows, high quality video content, uh. and they're offering, offering this opportunity to advertisers to get first access to what they're calling the most exclusive high quality video content. And that's uh. their foray, as I say, into that digital TV. That's fascinating because... Um in traditional television, each season, you know, all the shows come out, and the 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 advertisers get a chance to try to bid, you know, to be yeah. to be the exclusive. Uh, they call them the upfronts. You know, mm -hmm. they get a chance to be kind of to bid for exclusive opportunities to advertise on these hot new shows. It's the same kind of concept. It's fascinating. Mm -hmm. So, so what we're saying here, folks, is that Facebook knows that. Um, there's only so many ads they can show in the newsfeed, and they publicly acknowledge that there's just not much more they can do there, you know? Um, so they're, mm -hmm. they're looking for these new mediums, right? Which is these mm -hmm. video opportunities to allow ad insertions so that they can further monetize their business. So when you understand that, um, and you couple that with the assumption that there must be people on the platform watching these videos because otherwise there would be no advertisers, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's just an important context to set us up for um, the different kinds of videos. So you mentioned live videos, and yep. um, you also have mentioned stories. Um, so, you know, taking the ads out of it for a second and we just go back to the organic side of this. Um, is live video and stories still, you know, is that very important on Facebook? Talk to us. I mean, because we talked about what we ought not to do. Is this something we ought to do? Yeah, 100%. I actually broke videos down into four categories. This just really works for me and, and for my audience and clients. So I like to say right up front, one of the easiest types of videos to do is 15 second. And that, interestingly enough, is the same length as a story. I'll get to that in a moment. But what works well on Facebook is 15 second square format, which can easily be, uh, it could be square, it could be landscape, doesn't have to be square, but landscape um, works okay as well. For ads, could be turned into an ad, could be organic. And what I like to do with that is to make what I call a blog teaser video. So we all have blog posts. We all have links. We just mentioned earlier that link posts are not working. So what is working is you take that blog post and the purpose is not to try to condense the whole blog into 15 seconds. You're just making a simple little teaser. Maybe the title, pull out one or two key points, have some moving images, maybe some stock footage, your own footage, some text overlay, enough to grab people's attention wherever they see it, organically or as an ad. And they go, wait, what's that? And they click on it. And and they're tap on it, and then they're taken over to um, your website. And then where? No, wait a minute. Hold on a second. If it's a video, where do you put the link? Is it in the comments or is it in the body of the of with the video of the text? So, so you could do both. And I've heard different stories from different people say they get better reach putting it in the comments. But uh, for me personally, I'll always put it above the fold, 
Uh, and then even putting a small amount of budget on it um, and boosting it or an ads manager, you will get access to that link. You can turn a video post into a link post oh. or, or a video post with a link just by, by advertising. If you just put a couple bucks on it, does yeah. the link, does the link yep. stay even if the ad's expired? Absolutely. Ooh, you just heard it here, folks. That's a cool tip. Now, <laughs> now, um, are these videos that are uh, fine without without audio? I mean, do you create them so that yeah. they're more moving pictures, kind of thing? Yeah, they're, they're ideally, all, um, video ads, paid video content, uh, typically is watched with sound off. About eighty percent is watched with sound off. So you really want to create for sound off. Do that nice text overlay. If it's somebody talking, then definitely have some captions. Mm. So, so okay. that's your fifteen second. And Facebook actually was in, in in London last December there, working with the Facebook Blueprint team, and the whole group there was saying fifteen seconds. After fifteen seconds, people's attention spans drop off, and uh, so that's that's that one format. And then Perfect. you were. You were just talking about inserting video into um, like in video ad breaks. So obviously we need longer videos in which to insert those five to 15 second uh, video ads. And that's what's called long form. And a long form video is only three minutes. It could be three minutes or more. Uh, but BuzzSumo's research, they found that three to five minutes is optimal. Somewhere between the three minute, three minute, 20 second gets the best reach, the best engagement. And that's just, that could be you talking, that could be stock footage, it could be um, teaching, teaching something, little tip. Um, and then the third category is live. And interestingly enough, this actually recently blew me away, Mike, because I tend to do mm, 20, 30, 40 minute, even a whole hour Facebook live. And, uh, this is a whole separate study that, uh, BuzzSumo did. I published it on my own uh, blog post and the optimal length for a Facebook live is between three and four minutes. That's three shocking. That's minutes. shocking to me. <laughs> you want to know, you want Okay. Um, first of all, we got to come back to, are we going to come back to like, is there any, okay, there's a couple things I, I just, I want to go down a couple trails here. First trail is 50, between 15 seconds and like three to five minutes. Is that, does that mean anything that's longer than 15 seconds and less than three minutes is not something we should consider or are we going to get there? I'm just curious what your thoughts are. The, the fourth one. So I said, there's four, I put in four buckets, four okay. categories. You've all got right. your 15 second ones. I tend to make all mine in square. You got your number two is your three minute, roughly three minutes. Your number three is your lives. And then number four is what I call episodic. So if you've got weekly, like a weekly show, weekly episodic, it's going to be somewhere between 18 and 22 minutes. Ah. That's very similar to Red Table Talk. You'll see that it's, it's literally like a television episode because they would fit three in an hour. Right. And then you intersperse with the commercials. So that's just like our, our, our brains have been trained and for decades that that's how long an episode is. OK, so um, first of all, totally understand the 15 second stuff, because obviously that's what stories is all about. Right. Um, and we didn't really even mention Facebook stories, but that's totally uh, should we be doing Facebook stories? Because we can. What's your thoughts? Or do you just tend to go Instagram to Facebook and call it done? So for my Facebook page, and I have an Instagram business account, I, ha I do have that connected. So I pretty much call it done when I'm doing an Instagram story, it pushes over to Instagram page. But on my personal profile, I do do uh, original stories for, for my personal Facebook. Uh, but then the other thing that's on the paid side is that many, many marketers are placing ads inside of stories on both Facebook and Instagram and Messenger, by the way, without necessarily even realizing it. Because if you leave that automatic placements on, your content is going going into stories format and they have more inventory in the stories format than probably anywhere else right now. 
Okay. So a couple things I'm just going to add uh, to this. So, so in summary, Mari has mentioned, you know, the 15 second thing, which is obviously, um, it sounds like the low hanging opportunity yes. with stories and with um, animated kind of things for your, your link posts. Mm-hmm. And then she mentioned um, uh, the three to five minute stuff. And then she talked about like the longer stuff, like the episodic. And then she talked about live. Now, I just want to throw um, uh, kind of an in-between thought in sure. there because we've been mm-hmm. experimenting with this. We've mm-hmm. been experimenting with sub 60 second video. That's longer mm-hmm. than 15 seconds and less than 60. And mm-hmm. we've been getting really good retention rate on it. So um, what nice. we do is we create trailers for our episodic show called The Journey, which we have migrated exclusively over to YouTube. But what we do is we create these, like they're about 45 seconds long and we get really good and they're square. We get really good retention on those. Um, people watch them and we've got captions you know, on them and all that fun stuff. So I think there is kind of a possible experimenting of a non-monetizable, you know, obviously you couldn't, this is not going to be eligible for ads or anything like that, mm-hmm. but, but marketing videos that are like us longer than 15 seconds and less than three minutes. Um, have you heard of anyone else experimenting with like minute long videos at all, Mari? Um, I, I've seen a variety of experimentations. Even I'm thinking my friend Ezra Firestone, a smart marketer, and he he'll he'll do like like myself. I'll do an hour long live, and then I'll turn it into an ad. I but see. I know for absolutely certain nobody's. I mean, you're going to get a massive drop off rate. Right. But even if somebody watches a minute, or a few minutes, or ten minutes, you know right. that's, that's that's perfect. So um, getting back to the live, I think you and I both agree that live video is the thing that most likely could meet to lead to the meaningful interactions that Facebook is looking for. Do you agree? I mean, like, Oh, totally. So totally. How, how in the world, how in the world can you only do that in four to five minutes? If you're truly engaging people, that's, I, I, I struggle with that. Don't you? Cause I don't think we're here to say like, you better make your live videos no more than five minutes. I can't even fathom that. Can you? <laughs> well, no. And I, I tried yesterday and I ended up going for 20 minutes. So yeah, it's um, hard, especially when you're truly engaging with people, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's the secret. See, cause if they're engaging, you could just, you could go for the full four hours that right. Facebook allows you to, um, this was based on research of those 777 million posts that Batsumo did. So right. keep in mind, there's some anomalies in there, right? That they had, um, I don't know, there's this guy that's like drumming on the street. He's a drummer in Italy. Um, and it's like a million views. Oh, excuse me. 51 million views, a million reactions, 51 million views. Amazing. And then, you know, another was well, like, Chewbacca uh, mom was short too. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So some of these funny things that don't need to be very long, it, I, I get it. They skew that though. They, they're the anomalies, right? They're, right. We're well, not going to go out and, and emulate that as a marketer. So, so what should we do with live video? Talk to us a little bit, because I know, I know that you and I kind of both agree that this is an opportunity to create some, um, longer form content that is truly Mm -hmm. engaging and has unexpected things that happen, right? Like you can come into it, not knowing what's going to happen, right? Yeah. And that was fascinating. I was literally talking to my audience about this yesterday and I had them kind of guess what do they think the optimal length was? And it was all over the map, anything from a few minutes to, you know, an hour, but, and some of them were saying, well, gosh, you know, people are only just joining. They only just get the notification. They only just see it in their feed. And I, I wouldn't want to just, you know, do, do a few minutes. Uh, but I think it's worthy of experimenting. Let's say that you're a marketer that's really not done much with live yet at all. And I've, I come across people like this all the time where they're, they're holding themselves back. They're stuck. They don't know what gear or, you know, how to, what to say or so. But if you could create a series of just little 10 minute vignettes or 
break down some teaching points and just commit to going live for, you know, 10 minutes, maybe once a week, maybe twice a week, and just see what happens. And it's really about the consistency. And as your audience gets to to start to engage with that content, then you can always go longer as long as you're getting engagement. And then you also have content that you can turn into to paid content. Yeah, and then the episodic stuff, we probably should mention that is very expensive to produce and very hard to get to work. Um, I mean, you know, I was all in on that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think the challenge is if you're not, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this, but if you're not somebody who has like a lot of fame or you're not somebody who has a big maybe PR kind of engine behind you, it might be really hard to get people to watch the longer form content I mean, we were just talking before this call that there were a lot of shows, news-related shows, right, that Facebook just scrapped mm-hmm. from the watch program. And you would think that, obviously, those are, by their very nature, have to be longer form because you're watching the news. So I think it's kind of one of those things that's not easy. Proceed with caution. That's my feeling. I don't know. What do you think? It is. It is. I mean, the thing is, interestingly enough, uh, it used to be a very coveted thing to apply to get your show on the watch platform when it was a private, not private beta, but a closed beta for just for the U.S. And then all of a sudden, uh, they just switch, flipped a switch inside the Facebook watch department, and I guess they weren't meeting their numbers. And all of a sudden, it's like all video was being surfaced in the watch platform. And it suddenly went from U.S. only to worldwide. And, um, you know, they're definitely just really pushing the video content as much as possible so that they can monetize, you know, bring in more advertising. So the one thing, so, so far what we've heard from you, Mari, is that status update questions work, that Mm -hmm. um, shorter videos, like 15 second videos, you know, um, work, um, whether they're in your stories or they're square um, also shorter videos, we're talking like three to five minutes work. Um, that's the kind of opportunity that's really in front of us today in 2019 as marketers. And then we didn't talk about groups yet, but so far, am I right? I mean, that's what I'm hearing you say. Those are the areas of opportunity that we should really be focusing on. If we're, if we're going to stop a link post and we're going to stop, you know, memes and stuff like that, we should be starting some of these more, um, shorter form videos and status updates to try to encourage engagement, right? Correct. And stories. Definitely, definitely stories. I, I've heard all kinds of rumors that uh, particularly, I know we're focused uh, mostly on Facebook today, but I, I feel that in some ways what, what Facebook's doing is testing things out, seeing what really flies on Instagram. And they, they accidentally, you know, put out a test feed on Instagram where you could swipe left to right instead of up and down. And, uh, you know, Adam Mosseri was like, Whoopsie daisy, we didn't mean to do that. But <laughs> yeah, I, I right. thought, right? I know, yeah. I thought, oh my goodness, is this a sneak preview of what's coming to both Instagram and Facebook? Because as we said earlier in this interview, it's about that, like, like how do people like to consume content? It's not just the fact the younger demographic love that their content disappears. They like to consume it in little fast t- thumb tap, thumb swipe, tap, 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 and just as much as they can consume uh, in, in a short p- amount of time with very, very very short attention span. So as marketers, we can do well to, to just really, you know, tap into that and create these short form nuggets of uh, content, even if it's, you know, just for paid, it doesn't mean you don't have to be doing a lot on organic. You could do it just natively for creating native. When I say native, um, like it's the full screen nine by 16 vertical videos that are a series of 15 second videos that create, tell a story. Well, it's fascinating because, uh, you know, I'm working on my keynote and I found a really interesting, uh, data point that Mark Zuckerberg said in 
I believe it was October of 2018, that we're moving from an age of uh, feed only to um, to uh, news feed only to news feed plus stories. Correct. So what that means is that stories, and we're already starting to see this, right? Stories are mm-hmm. going to be far more um, prevalent in Facebook right now. I believe the number is 400 million active daily users on Instagram just watching stories. Does that sound right to you? 500 million. 500, 500 million. million. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a big number. And mm-hmm. obviously, um, we're seeing more people consume stories on Facebook as well. So therefore, marketers start thinking about videos, right? Because it's easy just push the button, as Brian Fanzo says, right? I mean, it's not mm-hmm. hard to create a story. You just have to decide to say something. <laughs> it's true. It, it can be the, yeah, it can be video, but it also can be image. It can be an image or a quote. Um, I have noticed that I'll be scrolling partway down my mobile Facebook newsfeed and Facebook started to insert inline stories. Just if you missed them at the top, like here's some more yeah. down here. Yeah. Notice I've that? noticed that on Instagram as well. It's like, they just know that if they can get you watching stories, you know, it's a full screen experience, right? And you're going to hopefully just let it roll. And that's smart. That way they can insert their ad opportunities. Um, Okay. We've been talking for a long time, Mari. Any last words on Facebook groups before we let you go? Absolutely. This is a growing arena. I would highly recommend that uh, businesses out there create at least one group that's linked to their Facebook page. Um, and then, uh, but, but have a purpose for it, right? It's really to be for, for it could be a study group or a user group if you're a software company, something like that. Or it could be a paid group uh, where you collect the money. I don't know that I would recommend right now the subscription groups that's coming, but uh, Facebook will take a cut of that. Uh, the boost button's coming to group. Groups, a lot more great features um, to really make sure that groups are an integral part of your marketing. So in summary, uh, Facebook organic marketing is not dead, but it's definitely not what it once was. Would you agree? <laughs> Indeed. Totally. Mm-hmm. So Mari, uh, if people want to follow you and discover more about you, where would you send them? They can go to my website, marismith.com or my Facebook page, facebook.com slash marismith and Instagram, Mari underscore Smith. Thank you, Mari, so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with me. My pleasure. Thank you, too. Well, I hope you enjoyed the insights that Mari and I shared. If there was anything that we mentioned and you didn't capture it all, you can get the notes at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 347. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.